now on the line. Now, now on the line, we have for us. We have so many people. We have Andrew McCarthy. Andrew McCarthy, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. So uh, January 6th hearings are tonight. We we think it's political theater at this point. I'd like to find out exactly what happened regarding all the security failures that we're now hearing about. But I don't think that's going to happen tonight. Well, there's already been a. a on um, there's already been an extensive Senate report by two committees on the security failures, which were appalling. But I think you're quite right. They're not uh, focused on that. Um, it's a very, I, I, I hate to say this, but it's a, because I, I'm someone who, who actually thinks January 6th was awful and we have an obligation to have a, uh, a good process of investigating it so we can get a complete, reliable narrative of what happened. But I really think the Democrats have, have blown this by constructing needlessly a partisan committee the only qualification for which is you have to either be a Democrat or hate Trump. And I say that as somebody who, you know, I, I prosecuted terrorists in the 1990s. The terrorists got lawyers. You know, they were able to make their case in front of the jury um, to have a to have a fact finding committee with subpoena power in a in a in a political situation where you don't even have a judge who, who makes sure everybody follows the rules. And then you have one important perspective, which is the mainstream Republican perspective on this, that is not even represented and that they don't even consult with before they you know, do their uh, subpoena issuance and the other things they've, they've done to gather evidence. It's just it's really appalling in this country that that could happen. Have, were you able, were you listening on the radio at all? Did you hear uh, anything that John Solomon said or or? or? Or Peter Navarro? I heard the tail end of uh, your discussion with Peter Navarro. I haven't read anything that John... Well, John Solomon, he told us, in it was breaking news, that Schumer's, a staffer on Schumer, Schumer was given a heads up that there would be chaos at the Capitol. Nothing, it went nowhere. The FBI notified them. Uh, You had the D.C. mayor. She also turned down police. I mean, and then, of course, that memo January 2nd that Trump issued asking for the National Guard. So it just seems like the ball was dropped every which way. Yeah, I just the the, the only thing I can uh, I only know this because I wrote about this about a year ago. And I, I'm not I'm sure John, who is a dogged reporter, uh, has better details than I had. But a year ago, there were two Senate committees that looked at this and it was horrifying how how bad the incompetence was, not only inadequately having a presence you know, enough uh, security forces there, but they were not trained for this moment. They were not equipped for this moment. There was like, uh, it, it would be hilarious if it wasn't so horrifying, but they had you know, situations where their their equipment was locked in places where they didn't have a key to get in to get it. They didn't have enough people out there. Uh, it's just, it's mind boggling. And it's important, I think, for the reasons you're getting at, which is that, and this doesn't excuse what happened that day, but if there had been adequate security forces, um, this thing probably wouldn't have happened at all. And if it did happen, it would have been quelled much faster. And look, as a kid, you guys from New Yorkers will appreciate this. I grew up in the South Bronx, in the in the Bronx, and went to school in the South Bronx in the 60s and 70s. 
and I was around for the bad old days. When Rudy Giuliani became mayor of New York, there wasn't a safer place in the city to be in than a Yankee game at night. And, uh, you know, what that, I think, underscores common sense-wise is if you have security, you can, you can have events, even events where, you know, you're going to have people who intensely disagree with each other. Um, but if you don't have security, you're inviting a catastrophe. And what we had on January 6th was a catastrophe. And the lack of security forces is a big reason for it. Andy, it's, uh, it's Richard Weinberg. I want to talk to you about the, uh, the alleged attempted assassination of a justice United States Supreme Court. What are your thoughts about that? Well, Judge, you know, we talked about this, I, I want to say, like a week ago, about the fact that the uh, Justice Department will not enforce a federal statute that makes it a crime to protest at the home of, a, of not just a justice, but, you know, anyone who's a key player in litigation, whether it's a judge or a juror or, or a key witness. And the obvious reason for that is in our constitutional system, judicial proceedings are supposed to be insulated from politics. So to the extent that the Biden administration keeps saying, well, you know, as long as these protesters are peaceful, that's fine. Uh, It's not fine because the law doesn't, the red line in the law is not violence when it comes to judicial proceedings. We don't want judicial proceedings subjected to any political pressure. There's no first amendment right to, uh, to exert political pressure on people who are deciding a judicial proceeding. And I, I would just point out the hypocrisy here. Today, the Biden Justice Department arrested a Republican who is running for governor in, in uh, Michigan, a guy named Kelly. And what they charged him with were four misdemeanor crimes, which in a nutshell – Uh, mean that he is being accused of being unlawfully present at the at a restricted area, namely the Capitol on January 6th. Unlawfully present. I mean, I got to laugh at that one. And there's a double standard. And like over a year later, I mean, double standard. It's crazy. Well, I think it's even worse, Judge, than a double standard, because I, I, I have no brief for people who interfere with congressional proceedings. But that said, congressional proceedings by nature are political. And if there's political pressure, as long as it's peaceful, you know, there's, a, there's an American tradition for that. Whereas we don't want political pressure in judicial proceedings. We don't want the Dobbs abortion case being decided on the basis of intimidation or fear or favor, for that matter. It's supposed to be decided under the rule of law. So this whole idea that we got somewhere along the last quarter century or so that it's that it's okay to go protest at a courthouse as if the judges are supposed to hear the the protesters and decide the case according to the passions of the crowd is so wrongheaded but once that became a norm i guess the natural next step is to go protest at their homes but it's terribly it's awful for the system well we, well, thank you so much, Andrew McCarthy, for, for always giving us uh, all the, the, the truth and all the details and everything we need to know. 
for the American people. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. We have to go to a break. They're waving at us in the control room. When we come back, Charlie Gasparino will also be speaking with Gordon Chang, Daniel Henninger, uh, deputy editor of The Wall Street Journal, Dr. Peter Mikolos. Some breaking news there as well. Keep it right here. Cats at night.